You are listening to season three of the Not Neurotypical podcast. I'm your host, Laura Stan, and this season has a very new big plot twist. So hold on tight, strap on your seatbelts, because it's still going to be a bumpy ride. And is that bumpy ride ever going to get smoother? Season three of the Not Neurotypical podcast is proudly sponsored by Timo, the award-winning app designed to support neurodivergent people with routine and scheduling. Head to your app store and type T-I-I-M-O to learn more. Hi, I'm Laura Stan. I have been not posting any videos, obviously deleted my Instagram account that was for advocacy, and there's been a lot of stuff going on. A lot, a lot of stuff. Stuff. (laughs) Um, I want to talk about everything, but it doesn't have to be, you know, too in detail for you to get the drift and for me to make my points and all of that, because it's really important to me to focus on things that I share about me that I think will actually help people or things that people have told me that really resonate with them. But we don't really need all the drama and all the other stuff behind it. So I've been going through a lot, a lot of stuff. I have been really struggling some days and some days I feel great. Um, I think about a year ago, I posted a podcast about that, about how I was feeling that way. And the truth is, I don't know if that's just how I am. I would say that after my autism diagnosis over a year ago, I started to pay more attention to the turbulence um, because I think that it was important to pay attention to because I started to realize, okay, it's not just this like joke on the internet that I found, but it's not just like these ghosts inside of me, like, or demons, like trying to get loose. I think a lot of people like, you know, autistic people get dubbed like crazy a lot. And I think a lot of us feel that way sometimes too. It's not that we, a lot of the times we don't know what's going on when we're freaking out. Um, But when you get your diagnosis or when you self-diagnose and you know what's going on, you start paying attention to it a lot more. And I think that's been really confusing for me. Um, some good news, therapy has been going really well. And I do every other week, just me, and every other week with my husband as well, because um, we're very close. That's kind of how we want it to be. Um, but we don't really have enough to talk about every week, the both of us. And I have a whole lot of, for the first time in my life, uh, a whole lot of stuff that I actually want to talk about with a therapist. 
Um, as my therapist says, I'm dealing with trauma with a capital T. That's me. <laughs> Woo! Uh, time out. Um, for real, though, I buried my grandmother um, last week. And she was kind of up and down for a while. We knew this was coming. Um, it was not a surprise. She was 89 years old, lived a long, amazing life. But it's, and normally I'm like very disconnected from death. Like I'm just like <laughs> uh, very stereotypically autistic with that because um, not when it's people like really close to me, but otherwise I'm just like, you know, there's people that like don't get out of bed for like a year or they cry like every birthday of the person or day that it had whatever happened that they died and they do that like 10 15 years later and and I really don't understand that um not in a I don't mean that in a rude way I don't I guess I have low emotional empathy in that way like I don't get it or understand it but like if my husband were to pass suddenly or something like that I, I would be completely devastated because he's you know such a big part of my life and and my support system um and really like my only support system um besides some people online who I really do consider my best friends that I've made over the last year but my grandmother was my last living grandparent. Um, my other grandmother who passed earlier, um, that was really, really hard for me because she was my best friend. And by best friend, I mean like best, best, best friend when I was younger and just through the years still talk to her you know thinking about her um but my my mom that I just well in the Philly area we call grandparents well grandmothers my mom and that's just like what it is so if you have no idea what I'm saying my mom is my grandmother um my mom was self-diagnosed autistic and it was really funny because when I told her about my diagnosis I was explaining everything to her and she was the only person who like wasn't weird about it she just asked whatever she thought and um I actually like that like those people who are like like get all awkward and like I don't know what to say like I'd rather you just ask a horrible question then just not say anything and me have no idea how to read the situation. Like, that's really hard for me. Um, but she just asked me a bunch of questions. I told her all about it. And at the end, she was like, oh, well, if that's autism, then I must be autistic. And everyone in the room was like, together in unison, we know. <laughs> it was so funny. But I would say that possibly all four of my grandparents were autistic. I don't know that for sure, obviously. Um, I think it's very likely because I think a lot more people in my family are autistic. 
autistic, <laughs> then um, they realize, obviously, because it's genetic and I am and all three of my kids are, so it's obviously in there somewhere. Um, but that was really hard. Uh, I think because I would have liked more time with her knowing all of that and and having someone to talk to about it who I'm totally gonna cry who wasn't oh my god why do I cry all the time doing this it's so annoying um it would have been really nice to have someone to talk to about all of this who doesn't just understand it but like in my family you know that that can not be awkward about it or like one thing about her and it was it's so funny like everyone everything everyone said about her at the services which was within the last week by the way um everything was like she wasn't really like the huggy touchy-feely but you knew that she cared about you and loved you so much and that was so true and I just think like there, I just want to share that there are autistic grandparents out there who are great grandparents and great parents and, and all of that. And I just want you guys to know that. Um, she obviously was not autistic with a cognitive disability. So when you're in your 80s, there was not a chance of, of diagnosis. And um, even though Anthony Hopkins got his autism diagnosis in his seventies, um, my grandmother was more like me and could not stand doctors and would just straight tell them to their face that they were full of shit. So I love her dearly. I'm going to miss her a lot. Um, you know, I wish I got more time knowing all of this. I think that's like one of the harsh realities of late diagnosis is that realization that there was time that you needed that you missed out on um which is hard and um beyond that I deleted my Instagram account and I feel great about it and I now call myself a failed advocate. And when I say that, I am kind of joke, like, you know, kind of joking, but I mean it. Like, I failed at it. And I don't see failure as a horrible thing, probably because I've failed literally one million times at everything I ever do, ever tried to do. Um, and I don't see failure as a bad thing because I don't know, you just keep going. Like you fail at one little thing and you just keep going. Um, I failed miserably at online advocacy and I am not ashamed to say that. I'm not ashamed to admit that. I am happy that I finally accepted that it was not for me. And I'm really happy that I am really following my gut more. And my gut is telling me to stop 
giving a fuck. Like, stop. Like, what else am I going to say? I don't know. The past year or over a year now has been wild and crazy. And I kind of felt pushed into some sort of advocacy role when I was just kind of sharing and I didn't have the skills or the understanding of myself yet or any of it to kind of end ADHD just to slow down. And I, I always do this like, oh, what the hell? Let's just do this. And I don't think that's a bad thing because I learn in a way like I have to do things to understand them and to understand them, I have to be in the mix all up in there and I commit a hundred percent and it's not for me always. Like it's never been for me. Like I, I still haven't like found my thing. Um, I don't know, like to the outside person, I am all over the place, probably look crazy, probably look like I have ghosts inside of me, demons and all that, because I can't grasp things without just immersing myself in them. And then once I'm in there, I don't always like it. And most of the time I'm just like, well, this isn't for me. And then I stop doing it. And to a typical person, that's not how they do things. Like my husband, for instance, he carefully thinks about things and makes sure it's for him and doesn't just quit things. Or my mom, for instance, like will work a job she doesn't like for like 20 years. And I'm just like, fuck that. Like I could never do that. Uh, I don't know. I try things. I don't like them. I move on. Um, yes, I'm flighty, but it's not for the reasons you may think. It's because I have to learn that way. And that's why school is really hard because you're never immersing yourself in anything all the way. It's like skimming every topic and, or at least, you know, school as it was and pretty much how it is. I have recently gone back to college and I'm taking three classes a semester. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. But I am finding it extremely difficult to get my work done, even with working with a psychiatrist again to get my ADHD meds worked out. It's just like one thing after the other and I try things I would love, like, I am most jealous of those people who just kind of know what they're into and just go for it and then they love it and then they have a long career and it's beautiful or, the, or a long hobby and it's like, <sighs> you are my unicorns, people like that, because I cannot even grasp it. I can't. I'm all over the place. My mind is in 20 places at once and I... I'm also processing 20 places at once slowly, if that makes any sense. So autism and ADHD is like being on meth and heroin 
and alternating between the two like all the time. Not that I've, well, not going to lie, whatever. I'm just going to say this. You can decide if it's true or not. Not that I've done either one. <laughs> but anyway, um, life is just wild. So anyway, I stepped away from advocacy, like far away. And it's not because I don't think I need to advocate. I'm just not going to do it that way anymore. Um, because there's a couple reasons. So one is... We are at the beginning of a movement of people who are deeply broken and hurt, not because they're autistic, but because the world is a really hard place for us. And I know that. I live it with all of them. Um, And the majority of the people online really appreciate the work that advocates do online. Um, And let's be real, being autistic in real life is so much harder. Um, I don't know if I can do that yet, and I'm not going to push myself. Um, I've heard some advocates say that, like, They, you know, would rather do more like in-person type stuff. Obviously with COVID, that's really hard to do right now in 2020. But I think about like, it's pretty easy to be openly autistic in a controlled social media environment um, and just kind of advocate in the real world it's so much harder because there's so much more to read and it's a lot more draining and in person is harder for me at least, you know, to do all this stuff. So it's like, um, I don't know, but social media, I've never liked, I've never liked social media. Um, so the idea sharing was so fun. Like in the beginning when I had less than like 3000 followers, And as I was growing and I was meeting people and there was no like, like once you kind of get a bigger account, like the people really like come and come at you, I'll say. Um, And, but when you're like one to 3000, you get a couple people who are kind of like projecting some stuff, but it's kind of easy to ignore. And I really enjoyed it. And And I met all of my favorite people during that period. And I met some after, but, um, that was so fun. And I was just sharing and I was not an advocate and I started my podcast and I was just talking about stuff. And, and as I've always said, using you all as therapy, (laughs) because it's really what it is. Um, you know, talking this all out with you, that's what I have to do. That's what a lot of autistic people have to do. And, and not all of them. Um, but there's a lot of us out there who do need to talk it out to understand concepts and kind of figure everything out and it's just like why did I have to go and become like some weird social media advocate that just isn't me um I thought I was kind of I don't know I always knew I didn't like social media so it's not a far stretch for me to grasp now like that it didn't work out for me 
Um, one of the major reasons it didn't work out for me is because the community, well, social media in general is so toxic. And I think that social media really draws out and encourages um, the opposite things of what autism advocacy should be, in my opinion. Um, so people with traits where they're doing this all for themselves or um, it's like some sort of competition or championship or like race or something, um, those people are really drawn to advocacy and, and you know, because you're sharing about you, it's like about you, but it's not and all of that, but it's still, you know, you can kind of tell which advocates are like me, 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 and who's like autism and me peppered in. <laughs> um, I don't really like the attention, but I also feel like um, pushing myself to kind of do YouTube videos and stuff is not a bad thing because I have spent so many years hiding literally in my bedroom where I am now, my favorite place. Um, you know, it's, it's like, I don't think it's a bad thing. And most of the advocates I know are lovely, lovely people. And I think they're in it for the right reasons. And these are my reasons. And I don't want this to change your opinion about any other advocate. I'm sharing the hard stuff that I kind of had to deal with. So we're, social media is generally toxic. And then we're dealing with people who, as more studies come out, they know that I think over 50% of autistic adults are or meet the criteria for CPTSD or PTSD because this world is hard for us. Um, not one aspect of growing up and development and living and breathing and just being us is easy in this world that we're in right now. Um, and that's why advocacy is so important. Is social media advocacy really important? Yeah, for the people who are searching for it, it is. Do I think it's going to change the world? No, but it might touch someone who is going to change the world. So I still think it's really important. Um, I don't think social media will be the thing that changes the world for any type of good, in my opinion. I also had a really hard time with the fact that advocates don't stick up for each other. Um, they do in your DMs, but they really, there's no accountability. And like when I was going through all my crap, certain advocates just really blow in my mind. Um, I had some advocates reach out to me and say, I'm sorry, that really sucks and things like that. And that really blew my mind because if my friends 
saw, if I saw my friends being a target and being bullied, being mistreated by other people like us, other advocates, um, I would never just ignore it and just send like a flaky, oh, I'm sorry, that really sucks. Oh, just keep pushing. You know, that feels really NT to me. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. And probably they're just programmed to be that way and not make waves and all of that because that's what we're taught to do. But I don't see this community online improving until there's some sort of accountability. Um, the thought police is astounding. Like, and that's what I noticed. One of the reasons I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to be an advocate is because there's, I, I met, you know, talked to a lot of people like me who need to talk things out and need to ask questions and need to feel safe to ask questions and understand them. And generally, that's really hard to find. And it's like, people have to be able to talk. Like, sure, you can point things out and say this is better than that or whatever, but I don't know. Everywhere you see autistic people are individuals, you know, autism may be our identity because it's it's who we are, but, you know... We're all different, blah, 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 but don't say anything they don't agree with. Uh, don't make them use their brains and think about concepts. And definitely let's not discuss controversial topics at all. And if you have a different opinion, then, you know, whoever, you're out. That's it. There's no discussion. I don't know. That is an extremely toxic environment, and I was naive to think that I could influence that in some way on social media. But what I did do is create the squad, which is still around. We call it Autistically now, and I'll put a link in all my stuff to it. Um, and the squad is still going strong, amazing. People can ask questions. I've only had to moderate one person out of 500 members ever. And people are asking questions. People are having differences of opinion. And we are all autistic adults. So there's just a disconnect between, I think, the reality of autistic adults and what you see on social media. Because I've met, you know, thousands of people who aren't like that. Um, unfortunately their trauma is showing a lot. And my trauma has showed, um, but I'm self-aware enough or, you know, can be self-aware enough to kind of understand when I need to step back and pause and talk it out with my therapist or whatever. Um, and, You know, also, if you're in it for the wrong reasons, you're really gonna not like when people disagree with you. So for some, I think it's trauma. For others, I think it's me, me, me. It's all about me. 
oh, but I'm not an influencer. Oh, I'm going to tell you a secret too. Just because you don't get paid yet doesn't mean you're not an influencer. Anyway, um, I don't know. Like, there's just so, so much to talk about. So I stepped away uh, for a couple months, I guess. I don't know how long it's been. Um, and there's just a lot going on. Um, I, in August, it's September now, 2020. In August, I went away and had a really, really rough vacation. And I don't even think I have what it takes to talk about that this episode. But um, I would like to talk it out with you. But I think I want to talk it out with my husband as well because he was such a big part of the vacation fail. Um, But we both were. I'm not pointing any fingers. Um, And like I said, I don't think failure is bad. I think failure and then giving up is often bad, but, um, I think that's, I think seeing failure as bad is something that really hurts neurodivergent people because we often, me at least, and a lot of people I know really have to immerse ourselves in things to understand them. Um, and we also weren't given the freedom to be ourselves and to really immerse ourselves and figure things out in those younger years when we were doing stuff like that because the way we do it, people don't really like how it looks or whatever. I don't know. Um, Because of that need, like people are like, you have to be so focused. Good kids focus on things. You're never going to go anywhere. (laughs) Um, So yeah, for a lot of reasons, I think the idea that failure is a bad thing Uh, really hurts us. Um, And a lot of us have adopted that toxic talk to ourselves. Um, But that's one of the few things I've kind of overcome. But essentially, this is really just an update. And um, I did take a break from everything. I created a private Instagram And if you want to find me, you can, but I'm not going to link it Um, because it's just me now. It's just me. Um, I still have the Facebook page, which I recently kind of started messing with again because that's a little easier to share, you know, deeper concepts because I wasn't, I just wasn't that advocate or that person who was like, I don't know, uh, surface level. That's just not me. I I don't want to talk about all the crap that I know already and talk about it, whatever, to get likes and and views and all that. And the people who do that, I'm not saying are bad. It's just not me. Um, Because I can't, I, I can't do stuff just for marketing. I cannot do stuff just I don't know, I have to like understand, I have to be behind it. I'm just an all or nothing person. Um, I tried certain things and it didn't work out and that's totally fine. And I'm trying something new now because I am, 
Well, for one, I am continuing my Patreon as well. Um, but I definitely needed a break from that. I couldn't really handle the demand at the time with all the other stuff going on. Um, but that is starting again by October 1st. I will link below. We will continue the unlearning neurotypical journey, which I still deeply need and I want to continue. And then I also started a new publication on Medium called Autistically, and it's going to be me and other writers, bloggers, what have you, sharing um, about, you know, autistic and neurodivergent and neurodiversity things and what's going on in the world, what's going on with us, our stories, all of it. Um, so that, by the way, is www.medium.com slash autistically which is spelled A-U-T-I-S-T-I-C-L-Y. It's not spelled right, but I love it. And I'm normally like, has to be grammatical and spelled right and all that, but I don't know, it just works. Anyway, for those of you who are still around and listening and caring, and for all the amazingly positive words that a lot of you sent me when I took down my old Instagram account and shared about the bullying and how I had had enough and all of that. I appreciate you and thank you for still being here and knowing that I'm not just human. I am autistic and neurodivergent and things are going to look kind of all over the place sometimes because I am that person. I'm all over the place and I really want you guys to get a real and genuine picture of me. And you always have got that. I just went a little too far in a certain direction. So um, I'm happy to be continuing this and I would love to put out content once a week. I just don't know if that's going to happen, but that's my goal is to start releasing videos and podcasts once a week, sharing more on my Patreon um, for those supporters. And if you believe in what I do and supporting me, I would love to have you as a patron where I really deep dive into a lot of concepts that we, I believe, really, really need. I've gotten a lot of good feedback on my Patreon content, and I've gotten some negative feedback on the Patreon content. Um, so, you know, <laughs> but thanks for being here and thanks for supporting me. I really appreciate it. And you will continue to get a real and genuine picture of where I am and what I'm doing. <laughs>